Hi, CityCast listeners. It is Thursday, and on Thursdays, the CityCast crew and I talk about the things that make Houston, Houston. Joining me today are lead producer Dina Kesba, producer Farrell Gibbs, and roving producer Carleon Jones. It is Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. All right, Carly, Dina, Farrell, are y'all ready to talk about Texas universities? Yes. Yes. Ready. All right, let's start with which one you're repping, and I want you to describe it in two or three words. So, Dina, you go first. I'm repping U of H. Go Cougs! And (laughs) (laughs) if I'm to describe it in a couple words, I'd say commuting. I'd say the university center, and I'd say the learning center in the library. Okay. Farrell, who are you repping? I am repping A&M by proxy. I guess I'm supposed to say gig them or gig them. By proxy Um, because... Gig them? Oh, my Lord. (laughs) (laughs) It's already started. It's already started. Uh, Because I pay tuition there. How about that? Is that... No, I'm kidding. My wife goes to school there. And uh, we're all very proud of her. And so, yeah, I, I, I will rep them. And my thoughts on it were the first time I ever pulled into it, I thought it was, I I came in from an Uber on Texas Avenue and right in front of their downtown bars. And I could see the school on the left-hand side. And my first thought was it was massive. So it's very big. It's very brown. It's not the most (laughs) beautiful school you've ever seen in your life. And uh, the people there (laughs) are very nice. All right, Carly, what about you? I'm going with UT Austin, my alma mater, mm-hmm. Hook'em Horns. Um, if I was to describe it in three words, I would say football, because mm-hmm. they love football there, even though, you know, we don't have the best seasons in the world. <laughs> um, Bevo, because they love, they love that cow or whatever we want to call that. And then it's huge. It's like really big. We literally had to ride buses from class to class. So... It's a enormous campus. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and I'll go last. I am wrapping rice, um, which I went to, and it is small and smart and beautiful and kind of strange. Mm. So, you know, mm. I really love it. So, Let's talk about stuff people may not know about your university. Dina, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like everybody kind of knows that U of H is this huge commuter school because nobody who lives 45 minutes away from campus is going to pay extra to live on campus. You're going to live at home. You're talking just about UH Central, the main campus. Yeah, it's just the main. And then um, something people may not know is that Lizzo went to U of H and graduated from U of H. Hey. Wow. Cool. Yeah. I was really struck when my son was touring colleges by UH's diversity. After mm-hmm. we toured UH, every other school looked really white. Mm-hmm. You know, and I later saw that UH is one of the most diverse schools anywhere. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. made me kind of proud of Houston. Yeah. I feel like it's know. definitely reflective of our city. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought the energy there was great. And people were mixing and talking, which mm-hmm. is a joy to see. Yeah, I love that about U of H. You know, I didn't feel out of place. 
and I found my community there, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we did, like I was part of the Muslim Student Association there, and we actually partnered with the local church that's on campus. And they allowed us to have their space every Friday for Friday prayers that happened, oh. which was awesome. So Muslim prayers in a Christian in a church. church. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> mm -hmm. cool. That's where our meetings were held. That's where our iftars in Ramadan were held uh -huh. at night. It was just so welcoming. Yeah. But then looking at his history, U of H was established as an all-white school. It was in 1927 that the Houston Independent School District, HISD, had created two colleges during the local economic boom. So it was the Houston Junior College, and then there was the Houston Colored Junior College. Eventually, the Houston Junior College became the University of Houston, which was in 1934. And then the Houston Colored Junior College became Texas Southern University in 1951. And, you know, yeah. the crazy thing is that TSU only admitted Black applicants up until like 1956. And then UH only admitted non-Blacks until June 1962. So it's mm -hmm. like even after, like they, they would admit women, they admitted Mexican-Americans, international students, but they somehow still excluded those who are African or African-American or had African-American ancestry. And so UH employed just a few African-Americans in the service positions, but they weren't necessarily enrolled to study in school. That is so interesting. Like, I never knew that history about um, TSU and U of H like being split into schools like that. My yeah. mom went to TSU and she loved it. She said it was like always a party outside, basically. She said it was hard, <laughs> it was hard to go to class. <laughs> They have these things called hump days, um, which is also like a PVAMU, which is another uh, HBCU that or we have you, here in Texas. AM. Uh -huh. yes, mm -hmm. um, and so <laughs> they have like hump days, which are like days when the um, sororities and fraternities come outside and like, you know, dance and they... This is Wednesday? This is not yeah. even a Friday or Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's usually like on a Wednesday. Um, and then they also have like really fun homecomings. So a lot of my mm -hmm. family went to PV um, and I have friends that went to, so I would go back to homecomings with them and my family would have like a big RV bus out there barbecuing <laughs> and everything for the tailgates. <laughs> and it's so fun. They have like concerts going on and it's just like a really good time. Wow. Yeah. And I love TSU's band, The Ocean of mm -hmm. Soul. It's just mm -hmm. like so much fun to watch. Yeah, no, like they're not marching, they're dancing while they're playing their instruments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have great bands. Uh -huh. I feel like that was a part of why Beyonce did the the homecoming Coachella theme. Oh, that was so yeah. fun to see. Yeah. yeah. So Rice um, was founded by William Marsh Rice. His statue is in the middle of the quad, and there's a huge uh, sort of controversy over what to do with that statue because he was a slaveholder. And Rice has been grappling with this history. You know, it's a hundred years, a little over a hundred years old. And, you know, it's got its eyes on being a super diverse global university, a real powerhouse. And they're still sort of trying to figure out how do you deal with the statue of your slaveholding founder smack in the middle of campus. Lisa, I remember we did an episode on this back in February with a recent graduate from Rice, 2020 graduate named Rachel Carlton. 
where does this situation seem to be going? How does it seem to be playing out? Uh, the basic plan right now is that they're going to move the statue to a less prominent spot, and they're going to put up other statues recognizing other people who have been important to Rice's history. So that, you know, beautiful quad will remain beautiful. But when you look through the arch of the main old building, Lovett Hall, that ornate, Italianate, gorgeous thing, the first thing you see will not be the statue of the slave-holding founder, William Marsh Rice. They haven't figured out exactly what it's going to look like or what those other statues are or any of that, but that's the general plan. That's right. So are they keeping the name, though? Because, I mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good question. Yeah. They're keeping the name. Farrell, what about A&M? What is something that people might not know about Aggies? They have the George H.W. Bush Presidential Library and Museum, which oh. I've been into the entryway of this place, which was open during COVID when we were taking a tour of the school and it's uh -huh. really impressive, but we couldn't go into any of the, into any of the exhibits. So I have no idea what's behind that wall, but outside they have this really cool sculpture called the day the wall came down. Uh -huh. And uh, it's a bunch of, you know, of course my wife is going into vet school. So she has an interest in horses and this artist made these, I think they're seven tons a piece, these horses that are, leaping over portions of the Berlin wall and it's right outside the library and uh -huh. there's graffiti on it and these horses and their, their babies are leaping over the Berlin wall. So, um, and Ooh. yeah, it's, it's a really cool sculpture. Okay. So Carly, what do I not already know about UT? What is going to surprise me? I think that something that's surprising to people, well, also students, this might be a, a shameless plug for anybody trying to go to the university. If you go your first year, it is cheaper to stay in Riverside than it is to stay on campus in a dorm. What is Riverside? It's about 15 minutes from campus, but there's commuter buses that take you from campus to the school. And it's way cheaper <laughs> to live there and you have your own you know, kitchen, living room, bedroom area, bathroom, instead of a dorm where you're like right next to somebody the whole time. I did that all four years and it was way more comfortable for me. So I suggest everybody do that. <laughs> all right. That's some little insider intel. <laughs> yeah. I think of UT as having like a great social scene, you know, everybody listening to music on Sixth Street. And I realized COVID may have wrecked that. That doesn't sound like what you were doing. Or were you? No, not really. <laughs> I feel like Austin is supposed to be like the music capital of the world. But for me, it really wasn't that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Like, there's like South By and stuff like that. That was definitely fun. But besides that, it wasn't much. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't get the music feel from it as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whenever I thought of UT Austin, I always thought of Austin itself because I felt like I couldn't really not see the campus anytime I was in Austin. Mm -hmm. But like it was, the, like Austin is UT Austin. Is that accurate? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like if you're not going to UT, like if you don't work for like the Texas government or uh, like are in tech, like mm-hmm. there's no reason to live in Austin. Like <laughs> everybody <laughs> down there is like there for one of those three reasons. So <laughs> it's definitely just like taken over by the campus. And the campus mm. is so huge. It takes up such a big part of Austin. So what is something that people don't know about rice, Lisa? So I think the thing people may not realize about rice is that it's a lot of fun to go there. The story that I always like to tell people is about Club 13. Uh, this is a long-standing rice tradition that on the 13th or 26th or 31st of every month, a bunch of students runs naked through campus shouting, 13 and spraying the number 13 on things with shaving cream because why because <laughs> the way because you have it's fun because why not it's the 13th what do you do on the 13th that makes no sense <laughs> <laughs> but it's really fun to watch <laughs> when i was there they used to coat their like bodies and faces in shaving cream but um they, the students don't really bother with that anymore Hmm. Which I, I thought why. was interesting. Just <laughs> I think it's because the menthol shaving cream can really sting if you get it. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh my god! But you know, people think that rice people are really dull, and no, they may be weird, but they're not dull. That one, that's that was a shocker. Yeah, you that didn't was... expect that. You didn't see no, that. No, <laughs> I thought Austin was weird. <laughs> Yeah, Austin's got nothing on Houston. <laughs> you know, back in the eighties, people uh-huh. would say, as a stereotypical statement, let's let's go streak the quad. You know, <laughs> that was like the co- collegiate thing to say. But they actually but have a quad there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Not, <laughs> if we did, it wasn't a we. They did it. But um, <laughs> but you you have streakers and you have a quad. I'm wondering if that thing did not get born. At Rice, streaking the quad. <laughs> As a kook who went to U of H, the only thing we really knew about Rice is that we didn't like them. Nobody liked Rice, and I think it was like a football thing. But for some reason, we all kind of jumped on that bandwagon, and we bought those shirts that say Ruck Feist, switch the F and the R. <laughs> they were selling that all over campus. Oh. And I never understood why. But, you know, maybe y'all a bunch of weirdos why, out the there. Hatred? Maybe that's- yeah, why the hatred? Yeah, out there streaking. Maybe that's partly why. Maybe it's football. Y'all are against I mean... nudity. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one, at, no one at U of H was out there running naked. <laughs> are UT and A and M still each other's biggest rivals? Hmm. Are there no. other? <laughs> Y'all feel rivals? This, this is a really great question. Uh, what do you think, Carly? Um, I wouldn't say A and M is our biggest rivalry anymore. I think we still just don't like them. Like that was like kind of one of the reasons why I went to UT because like everybody at my high school went to A&M and I was like, no, like, (laughs) no. Um, But we have like OU now and that's like who we play. We don't play A&M anymore. So I think that that's what the difference is. Um, Mm. But I believe we're about to start playing A&M soon. Yeah, I saw that they had brought it back and I thought they were maybe trying to start that fire again. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like to see it because like that, that used to be a huge rivalry. And now it's like you go to UT and everybody's just like, oh, you sucks. 
that's 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 the thing now. I went to Auburn, and uh, we hated Alabama. And in the state of Alabama, we were the little brother, and Alabama was the big brother. And I always got the impression that the same thing was true here. That kind of A and M was the little brother, especially in football. Uh, or maybe in, in, in oh. every case and then, mm-hmm. and then UT being the big brother. So all of that to say around here, since A&M joined, uh, the Southeastern conference, it seems like they now hate Alabama with a passion <laughs> <laughs> because Alabama is the team to beat. But I bet you, if you went and asked them, I bet they have a boiling hatred also still for Texas. But we have to remind ourselves that, you know, out of the two, Texas is ranked number one, and mm-hmm. A&M is, like, number two. So <laughs> You just have to plug that in, Carly. Yeah, I just had to put that in there. We're the number one school in Texas, regardless of well, football. I, I can't argue with stats. <laughs> Do you feel like your schools have, like, a lot of pride within themselves, like, or the students there, like, years later, still just, like, you know, big on their school? I think... It is a distinctive thing mm-hmm. to go to Rice, you know, and the rare times that I meet another Rice alum because it is a small school, it's a thing that we immediately have in common. I don't yeah. think for U of H because U of H is just so large and everybody went to U of H that I know. So it's like <laughs> when you're out, you're like, oh, okay, we went to U of H. It's not like a, I'm going to wear my class ring and wear my red shirt. I know who you're referring to. <laughs> Sounds like a slug. <laughs> <laughs> at texas a&m they, they really like their class ranks yeah. a lot and renu couture the president of u of h has been really working to make u of h feel something like that dedication to the school but it didn't stick well, for maybe you maybe you can start with stop getting like giving out parking tickets because that's like a big thing <laughs> they have like a huge issue with parking at U of oh H. my gosh same at ut it used to be like the hunger games like you're yeah. just like Riding around like, hey, are you are you are you going to your car? Are you going to your yeah, car? Yeah, like, just stalk everybody. <laughs> All right, so Carly, has that left you bitter, like Dina? Are you disaffected and unattached to your university? How do you feel about UT? Oh, I, I love UT. I feel like it was a great like experience. Um, I met a lot of great people there and got a lot of great opportunities. So, and I also still wear my ring because that was an expensive ring. Ring, I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I don't feel like I'm, like, super just, like, oh, like, overly empowered by it. Like, well, you know, like, some people that are just, like, like won't let it go. folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a little cult. <laughs> exactly. Like, they just won't let it go. So, with all that said, would y'all actually recommend people going to the college that you went to? Me? Yes. I loved Rice. How about you, Dina? Yes, because of the diversity. No, because of the parking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Farrell? 100%. Particularly if you're a vet student and you want to go to a killer vet school, Texas A&M is fantastic. And you, Carly? Yes, I definitely would say go to UT. Great opportunity, great people. You'll learn a ton. All right, y'all. Thanks a lot. This was fun. This was great. It was. That was the CityCast crew. Dina Kasba, Farrell Gibbs, Carleone Jones, and me, Lisa Gray. Now, Farrell, what else is going on around Houston today? Thank you, Lisa. As you know, we've covered the past couple of days the extreme heat that's been going on, the lack of rainfall here. 
But now the city of Houston has moved to asking property owners to reduce their usage of water. It is voluntary, but Houstonians are being asked by the city to water their plants after sunset, to make sure there are no leaky faucets around the house or outside, and to make sure that sprinklers are aimed at the lawn and not at any storm drains or just out in the street. The Chronicle did say in a report this week that this request, which is the first time a request like this has happened in a decade, could become mandatory if conditions like this continue. National Weather Service meteorologist Jeffrey Evans was asked about this, and he said that this month is on track to be the warmest June on record here, and along with the dryness, it could surpass Houston's last big drought year, which was back in 2011. A couple of more guidelines issued by the city limit outdoor watering to twice a week, and to do it this way, single-family homes with even-numbered street addresses, do it on Sundays and Thursdays if possible, those with odd-numbered street addresses, water on Saturdays and Wednesdays, and Tuesdays and Fridays should be reserved for apartments and businesses. That is it for our show today. We wanted to give a shout-out to everybody who has rated us wherever they listen to podcasts, including Will, who said that CityCast Houston captures the place. These folks clearly love Houston, and their enthusiasm is infectious. Thank you, Will. We will be back tomorrow. Talk with you then. We should close and sing our, our alma mater song, each one of us. I am oh not singing that. <laughs> I'm not. Song. No. <laughs> I'm out. I literally did a whole story about how racist that song is. <laughs>